welcome to the Shiz Diggity Podcast. I am Al Del Deegan, your host, and... I'm Rhea Haley, your co-host. Thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we're going to talk about going outside of your comfort zone and the awkward things that can happen when you do that, but all the wonderful things that you gain by taking that chance. into my head is uh, one of my best friends well really my best friend I've known him since grade three and uh, he's always been really good at everything physical mental like sports and and video games and all that when you actually mention this topic the thing that stands out to me right away is him because he would always play sports with people who were better than him like it was kind of like almost like the way he did things, you know? And I remember just for exercise, we bought some racquetball rackets and we would go to um, the gym and they had some racket courts and we would play racquetball. We just kind of figured it out. I think we went on the, on the computer and figured out how to play racquetball or something. So we started playing racquetball and then some coworkers joined us and we started playing racquetball. And then we were getting okay. We were having a good time. You know, everybody was they were getting, everybody was playing and getting better, but then we just kind of got to a point where we played racquetball. And because he's really good at sports, he was always beating us. Like most of the time he was beating us. And so what he did is he went and he joined a racquetball league and started playing with these guys who've been playing racquetball for years and they really know what they're doing. And then, and then every time he played us, in you know our work colleagues and stuff he would kick our butts and then as a company we were a fairly young company and we would all play floor hockey at lunchtime you know we'd all head over to the gym because it was right down the street from our office and we would book the gym i think once a week or something yeah i think it was once a week on wednesdays we booked the gym and we'd all play floor hockey and of course he loved playing hockey and uh you know, we'd all play and we'd all get better and whatever. But then we invited some people from another uh, company over to join us because because some of the people had kind of drifted away and we were started, starting to have lower numbers. And so we invited some friends over from another company and they were really good at hockey. Like they played it for real kind of thing, right? They were clearly better than anybody in the in the group. And my buddy just all of a sudden got better at hockey and then he joined a hockey, uh, floor hockey league, a ball hockey league. And then all of a sudden he was just, you just saw his tail end, you know, like you just, you couldn't even come near him. He was just getting better and better and better. And, uh, and that's, that's exactly what I thought about when you mentioned the topic. You cannot stay where you are and then grow, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just be the normal everyday person and not challenge yourself and grow you can't in 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 life i know we talk to our kids a lot about school and nobody likes school right our kids don't really like school maybe arabella a bit but the fact that when you go to school you learn something and then you go to apply that in 
life, like whether it be math or English or whatever, and you don't just hit that level. Okay, I've learned English. Now I'm going to be really good at English, at writing or whatever. You have to grow. You have to challenge yourself and you have to step outside your comfort zone and do something that you haven't done before. And I think we're really good at challenging our kids to make them do things. You know, when, mm -hmm. when Tony was really, really insecure and could barely talk to anybody, I made him do a podcast, you know, and he did 10 episodes of a podcast where he interviewed people and that brought him out of his comfort zone. And we called the podcast out of my comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. Through that, he learned to interview people and he learned to, to be a little bit more outgoing and he's still really shy, but he he can kind of turn it off and on. Mm -hmm. He has to talk to somebody. Yeah. He does it. He can hold his own, even in, in uh, presentations and public speaking. He's now. Um, I mean, you could tell he's a little bit nervous, but you. But you're. I think he's quite fascinating and engaging. So before it was, you know, he he couldn't speak. I mean, like you ask him a question, and all you got back was uh, blinking, blinking, and you could hear crickets in the background. Like. <laughs> He was just mortified. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part, part of that had to do with you because you wouldn't give in. You, oh, yeah. You would just sit there and go, um, I'm not going to stop asking. I'm going to just sit here and wait till you answer my question. Yeah. And which really pissed him off. <laughs> but now he now he looks back and, and he said, you know, I know I know why you did that. And I'm, and I'm grateful you did. At the time, I thought, you know, you weren't being very nice, but... I now know it was to get me out of my comfort zone and you had a point and I'm, I'm glad that you did. I think he feels, he feels so much more comfortable in his skin, right? Like, yeah. um, I think that's huge. And had we not done that, um, life would be very painful for him right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. he, he would be, it would, I mean, it's hard enough as a teenager, but I think he would feel a lot more awkward um, and insecure. Yeah. Thankfully, we have a very intelligent, motivated, um, you know, little man. Little, yeah. I shouldn't say little. He's quite tall. Young man. <laughs> Young man. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take a couple seconds to brag because I think we have three amazing kids. You know, Arabella sings and she's very good. And Alex is into science and he's just an absolute genius. And mm -hmm. he's he's like an amazing kid around the house. He cleans, he just for no reason cleans the house. He's great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you, when you talk about Tony and how he's taken leaps and bounds moving out of his comfort zone, you know, he wants to be a director. So check out Gandersphere films on the internet. He's got mm -hmm. some pretty interesting movies that he's made. Right now he's trying to write a novel called The Plight of Steel. And I think he's like 400 pages into this novel mm -hmm. and he's put his heart and soul and everything he is into this novel. And, you know, if you read it, it doesn't sound like it was written by a 15 year old kid. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's really intense and he's written, um, you know, attached pieces to it. Like he's, he's created this giant map of the world that this fantasy novel is in and he's created costumes and characters and swords and, trailers and yeah and he's done trailer movies for it and um he's done lore for the for the whole thing i mean he's just poured everything he is into this project and it's it's really amazing um and i can see that all three of the kids have you they're destined to be great successes because we we take what they 
show interest in and we help them grow that yeah we give them support i mean it would be really easy you know like for example when when arabella loves to sing and when she first started singing it was just it wasn't that great right no like she was she, trying to sound like was, everybody else yeah she was trying to sound like and there was no heart in it it was like she was just trying to express the words or she just trying to memorize the lyrics and then regurgitate the lyrics and and try and make it sound nice but there was no heart or soul in it you know and i i'm blunt and honest and i would say you know what if you're gonna sing you you need to sing with your heart you need to sing like there's nobody around and you're you're feeling the lyrics and yeah. and you really need to sing with your heart and your soul and yeah. if you're not gonna do that i don't want to hear it mm -hmm. right because she would wander around the house and just sing popular pop songs at you know, over and over again, like maybe one verse of the song, like over and over and over and over mm -hmm. and over. And it just was so irritating. But then the other day, she was actually singing a full song that she had been rehearsing for school or something. Yeah. And, you know, she actually put her heart and soul into it. And it actually sounded quite wet, really quite nice. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, Arabella, you finally started singing with your heart. And, mm -hmm. and and it sounds good you know I, i'm i'm all over praise when it's deserved but i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna say hey you did a great job when you did a crappy job like like yeah. who 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 wins in that i mean we just we just finished watching america's got talent and there's a lot of people on there whose parents probably told them they're oh my god you're such a beautiful singer oh my gosh you sing like an angel blah 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 mm -hmm. and you're listening to them and you're like oh my God, they can't sing at all, mm -hmm. right? Why would you do that to somebody? Back to topic, even if you want to be a singer, you don't just sing the same song over again. You don't just regurgitate the lyric, memorize and regurgitate the lyrics. You have to take the song. You have to have the lyrics speak to you and bring them into your soul and sing. Yeah. You got to find your voice. Yeah. And that's the thing, like going inside of your comfort zone, doing things that, that are scary and that you are convinced you're going to fail at gives you that opportunity to, to unleash the true, your true potential, you know, your true talent. Mm -hmm. I've always done that naturally and for fun mm -hmm. because um, I wanted to see how far I could push myself. I mean, initially it was silly silly things you know like if i was at a bar i'd go up and talk to complete strangers because i was terrified to do it and because i thought well let's make a game out of this and see you know if i can hold a conversation with complete strangers and you know what each and every time it totally worked and i was and, and it gave me more and more courage to go go up and talk to people that i don't know uh, especially in a situation like that or a setting like that but eventually I used it in my career, you know, when I wanted to work on the cruise ships, um, definitely had to put myself out there and go out of my comfort zone to get that job, especially when I wanted to leave one cruise line to join another. I think I talked about this story with uh, Liam mm -hmm. uh, on a story not forgotten.com. But, um, you know, I, I found out who who was the hiring manager, uh, where the office was located, and um, just barged in there unannounced and said, um, 
so-and-so is expecting me for an interview. <laughs> and the receptionist is like, uh, what? <laughs> so she calls the manager and says, somebody's here saying that, you know, you, you're, you're going to interview them today. And of course the manager is like, uh, no. And of course I'm sitting there going, oh yes, yes. I think, I think maybe he forgot. <laughs> so I think out of curiosity, the guy's like, all right, send her in. And I walked in there very confidently and shook his hand and said, this is who I am and this is why I'm here and uh, you need to hire me. <laughs> and of course, part of me on the inside is screaming, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but you know, I thought I have to take a chance. Otherwise, I can't get what I want. Worst case scenario, he says, get out, call security. And you know, <laughs> it was a fun day. But um you know, lo and behold, it worked. And I got the job that I wanted on the cruise line that I wanted, which paid more money and I had more flexibility. And so it all worked out. But had I not taken that chance, um, I wouldn't have had that experience. And then I wouldn't have had um, the journey that followed that experience. So yeah, it's definitely worth it. I mean, there are times I, I put myself out there and it doesn't work out very well. Like a couple of times at, um, the rainforest and guys if you haven't heard about the rainforest you should really check it out because this is an incredible incredible uh, network of uh, professionals that meet every Wednesday at lunch and um, they call it lunch without lunch and you basically get a chance to meet people in you know the, the professional industry and they're all there to help each other and mentor each other and um, and network and it's in such a positive environment that it's it's really quite fantastic yeah I think the thing that's most fascinating about that and and uh, this is uh, rainforest alberta so if you live in calgary or edmonton it's going on but i believe it originated in silicon valley so they mm -hmm. may have rainforests all over the world i'm not entirely sure all over north america i don't know best to look into it but the thing i think the thing i just want to highlight in what you said was that the people that attend the rainforest events um they're not salespeople. yeah like the when I used to go to chamber meetings, and I got nothing against the chamber, but when I used to go to chamber meetings, it was full of salespeople all doing their 15-second sales pitches yeah. trying to get business from each other. The rainforest is the complete opposite of that. If you just do a sales pitch, everybody's like, Turned stop, off. Talk, stop talking to you. You become like like avoided. It's all about, they have, what do they call that? The rules or whatever they call it. Do you remember what they call it? Um, it's an agreement. Like, yeah. They have this, they have this agreement where it's a series of kind of rules basically where it says, if you're going to be part of the rainforest and it's all about finding ways where you can help the other people there. Yeah. It's all about giving, um, like it's what, you know, you introduce yourself and they say, the first thing you talk about is what skill set you can offer the group. Like, how are you there? How can you contribute to the rainforest? Um, and then, of course, if, if somebody's there that can help you with something that you need help with, you know, they're happy to do it. So it's a very, very positive environment. Um, but in any case, a couple of times I went up to talk to pretty high profile people in the industry. And and uh, I don't know if I was just too excited to articulate my message correctly, but I'm telling them about this business idea that I have. And I'm just like, you know, and, and I want to do this, this and this. And I and. I had forgotten to get into the why I'm doing it. I was just talking about the what it is that I'm doing, which is, you know, a big no-no. Um, and then the, the feedback I got wasn't very positive. And I thought, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Like I should not be pursuing this business idea. What am I thinking? 
And then, you know, I was bummed out about it for a little while, but then I took that experience and thought, okay, like, why is it that they could potentially respond to me the way that they did? So either my message is not clear or, or they're reflecting back my own doubt and lack of confidence in myself and my ability to pull this business idea off, or it could be a number of other reasons. So, um, it allowed me to go back and revisit my why. And because I was able to do that, you know, I, I came, I was able to come up with a better idea, a stronger, a stronger why as to why I want to, you know, make this business happen and the people I want to help in the process. So something very, very, very positive came out of me going out of my comfort zone. And as a result, I'm, I'm much more focused and I have a much clearer, um, picture of where I want to go and what I want to achieve and how I want to help people. So, yeah. So again, none of that would have happened if I had not gotten out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think my career is sort of like a, almost like a roadmap of what it's like to go out of your comfort zone because, um, like my son, I'm very introverted and I'm very quiet and yet I keep ending up in these situations where I'm doing public speaking and I've, I've been, you know, the president of big not-for-profit organizations and small ones. And I've, I started my own company and I was, you know, speaking to boardrooms full of CEOs and stuff like that. And man, if you have a fear of public speaking and you're introverted and you're standing in front of a, a giant boardroom table full of, you know, CEOs and, and high leading VPs and whatever, and you're trying to do a presentation, that hands down makes public speaking simple and easy <laughs> because it's like one of those things where the very, very first time you talk to a person of the opposite sex that you really, really mm -hmm. like, it's like the scariest thing on earth. And then as soon as that first conversation is over, then all of a sudden it's like not a big deal. You can have mm -hmm. a conversation and you end up talking and talking and talking and talking. Mm -hmm. right? And it's the same thing with public speaking. People say it's like, the number two thing before death that people are afraid of, right? Yeah. You know, like yeah. It's, it's like people are more afraid of public speaking than they are yeah. of dying, right? It's crazy. But really it's because of all the talking that you do to yourself inside your head yeah. before the actual act. Because once you've done public speaking once or even more than once, you start to realize that it's not as it's not the most horrible experience in the world that you thought it was going to mm -hmm. be. And when you do it over and over and over again, I can't say that you don't get nervous. I mean, if you were a salesperson, like if you worked at one of those trade shows where you, you know, sold Vitamix blenders or something, it gets to be old hat. You're just doing the same presentation over and over and over again. And, you know, sometimes there's two people standing mm -hmm. there. Sometimes there's 30 people standing there. You're just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But for most people, public speaking is not a common thing. You know, they might be an MC at a wedding or they might have to do a presentation in mm -hmm. front of their coworkers or something like that. I mean, you end up doing it in school a few mm -hmm. times uh, when you're going through school. But each time you accomplish something like that, even if it's just slightly, becomes easier. Yeah. And then the one after that becomes a little bit more easy. And then one after that becomes a little bit more easy. When I have to do public speaking now, I still get a little bit nervous. But what I've learned is that if I really plan it out and make a, make a, a, a speech or whatever that I'm going to do or have mm -hmm. some cue cards or whatever, then it never goes well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm talking about a topic that I'm passionate about and that I, I'm knowledgeable about, about, I can easily speak in front of any size audience. Uh, I just don't look at any papers or, I mean, at all. Like I just, yeah. in my head, I just go, okay, this is what I'm talking about. And I just talk and I just let the stuff, I just relax and let the stuff come out. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I don't even remember the presentation. Yeah. Most of the time people are like, wow, you, 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 you did a really good job. You like, you really know. Tapping your into your unconscious mind. Yeah, exactly. But I'm letting myself, I'm, I've, I've given up. I've, <laughs> I've, I've given up that whole concept of screwing it up. I've yeah. kind of went, well, whatever it's going to be what it is. And I just go, yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. Ten- I tend to pop into my alter persona. I'm like, okay, if this is not me in the spotlight, this is you know, the really fun version, uh, outgoing version of me. And what, how would she, you know, speak to a crowd and how would she act? That's how I tend to approach it. That's a good way to do it. When you talk to an actor, especially like a good actor or actress, I think actors and actresses just go by actor, don't they? Mm -hmm. But anyway, when, when there's a really good actor out there, they literally adopt that character and become that character. Mm -hmm. And it can be completely the polar opposite of their own personal personality, yeah. but they can do it because they're becoming that person for that role yeah. and for that. So they moment. give themselves permission. Yeah. It's like, okay, well today I'm going to be this horrible, dark, evil character and yeah. they just do it. Or, or I'm going to be this, you know, sweet, innocent little girl that couldn't, you know, possibly hurt a fly kind of thing. And, and maybe those are the complete polar opposite, but it's, it's something that they can do. So when you go up to do public speaking or you're going to talk to that girl for the very first time in your life or you're going to go um, into that job interview, become an actor. Become yeah. that persona that you that needs to be there in that situation mm-hmm. and, and just be that person for that short period of time. And then when it's over, you can go back to your... Yourself. Go back to freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's usually when I do most of my freaking out is after <laughs> the presentation where I'm like, oh my God, how did I do that? And how did it go? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a really good point. But I think that um, the comfort zone is too comfortable. Well, you- it, it is like the thing is, you know, like I know from, from experience, there were times where I'm like, okay, I, I can't, I'm not going to go out of my comfort zone because I want to be safe. But the thing is, I didn't do any growing. It was really dull. Um, and it was like a slow death, death by boredom. <laughs> um, but I think that you, you know, like you grow, the amount of growth that you do is in, is directly proportionate to how far outside of like your comfort zone you go. That's a good point. Right. So, um, I'm constantly trying to get myself to go out of my comfort zone. You know, like when was it a couple of weeks ago? I, I swear to God, I think I, I avoided having to parallel park, I think for like, two or three years <laughs> and then all of a sudden in the span of a week and a half I had to parallel park three times and um I you know I could have kept driving around the block but I'm like god damn it I'm going to get this and I swear to you just for fun I'm like okay if I'm a superhero how would I parallel park <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, this is what I would do. I, it would be easy. It would be effortless. And I'd know exactly when to start turning the, the wheel and it all worked out. And then I was parked perfectly and I'm like, oh my God, I did it <laughs> on the first try. I was so proud. Yeah. So it wouldn't have happened if I didn't go outside of my comfort zone. 
yeah. right? Yeah, and then two more times, get yeah, parallel park with ease. It worked out really well. Yeah. And now you've done it three times in a short period, in a short time frame, and you know, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Now. And the thing is, I've never hit anybody. So I don't know why I had a hang up about parallel parking to begin with. But obviously, that voice in my head was telling me, like, you're going to hit the car, or you're going to hit a person, or you, you know, you're going to hit the curb, or something bad's going to happen. But yeah. Um, yeah, I avoided it and didn't get anywhere with it. But now I can parallel park like the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think the voice inside your head will always keep you from accomplishing anything in your life. It's stupid to run naked down the freeway. Yeah. And if your voice inside your head is saying, don't run down the freeway naked, that's probably okay. Yeah. But if the voice in your head says, don't do that presentation because everyone's going to laugh at you, yeah. then that's the wrong voice to listen to. There comes a time where you have to say to that voice, because you can't, you can't push it away, right? It just gets louder. You can't ignore it. You can't try to, um, you know, do an exorcism on it. It just doesn't work. So what you, what you need to do is just say, I love you, but shut up. <laughs> I've got this one, <laughs> you know, and then just do it anyways. Like, yeah, I hear you. People might laugh. Got it. Thanks. Yeah. Shut up. But what I think, what I think that people don't realize, like, and we've talked about this in past episodes, nobody can make you feel angry or feel upset or feel whatever, right? That you have to do that to yourself. So let's say you go up there and you're doing a presentation and you forget what you're talking about. And, you know, a couple people in the audience kind of giggle or something like that. And, or maybe you hear them whispering to each other, yeah, that person has no idea what they're talking about or whatever. When they leave that room or the next speaker comes on mm -hmm. or they go home, you know, they go out and start networking and having a glass of wine or whatever, the odds are that they've completely forgotten about your presentation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if you take it, and you internalize it and say, oh, my God, everybody was laughing and I screwed up. I forgot what I was going to say and blah, 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 blah. It's that negative self-talk that you're doing to yourself. Yeah. You're, you're torturing yourself for no reason. And everybody else has gone about their lives and they don't even care yeah. anymore. I think, I think what, what really helped me get out of my comfort zone and, and take, the, take those chances repeatedly is giving myself permission to fail. Like, yeah, somebody may not want to talk to me. Yeah, somebody may snub me. Yes, somebody may look at me weird or just or say something rude or mean to me. But but once I accepted that that's a possibility and decided to do it anyways, the sting and, and the fear kind of drained out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure if I'm explaining that properly. But like, for example, when I, my earlier example, I was saying, you know, I, I was in a bar and I'd go up and talk to strangers yeah, they could have, you know, brushed me off. They could have said, who the hell are you? Like, get the hell away from me or security. <laughs> <laughs> um, any number of things could have happened. But thankfully, none of those things happened. But because I was okay with whatever happened, I was just doing it for me. Just because I made a game out of it. So then I made it fun for me. Mm -hmm. Like, how many new people can I speak to today? You know, that I don't know. <laughs> how far can I push myself? Then... It just became lighthearted and I didn't care what the outcome was. Now, I think because I had that approach, the outcome was very positive. Mm -hmm. But if I was like, oh my God, you know, I, I hope that person talks to me. And then it could have gone very poorly. Yeah. Well, you bring up a really good point. 
It's because, and here's, here's something that everyone can relate to. If a person is, is meek and, and shy and quiet, they're often picked on by bullies, right? It's usually the, that's usually the person in, in school or whatever that gets picked on. It's the quiet one that doesn't want to have any trouble and just wants to, to be by themselves, right? But if that exact same person goes and studies martial arts for two years, then they're, they gain this level of confidence, right? And they carry themselves differently. They walk differently. They look at people differently. That particular person won't get bullied and will never be in a fight. Yeah. Right? Because bullies don't go after the confident, quiet confident is way more scary to somebody than loud and obnoxious, yeah. right? I almost wonder if it's something, you know, that, that nature put in place for a reason. Because I remember reading something in Caesar Milan's book about dogs. He said that if there's... Um, be very shy, timid dog, or if a dog has a neurosis or obsession of some kind, then the other dogs will pick on him mm-hmm. because that's just not acceptable. Right. You know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like an invisible force saying, get out of your shell. Like yeah. we're not gonna let you play small, Yeah, yeah. you know? And, and then when in my meditating meditation the other day, um, that, that's what came to me. And I thought, I asked myself this question and I wrote it in my journal and it took me a few days to answer it. Who am I when I am not playing small? And like I said, I couldn't, I I was like completely, I I was just blanked out. I I didn't know how to answer that. And it, I think my mind had to process it for a while to go, well, who am I when I'm not playing small? So it made me realize that on some level, in some areas of my life, I still play small and it made me look at that more deeply and go, okay, well, why and Who am I hiding underneath all that? So it was a really powerful exercise for me. And and then when I when my mind finally finished processing it, I think I have like two pages worth of stuff (laughs) now of who I am when I'm not playing small. And I thought, wow, I really like myself more when I'm not playing small. Like that's a way better version of me. (laughs) Um, So I think seeing that on paper just just opened the doors even further for me to to again get out of my comfort zone and become who I guess I have always been, but for whatever reason, um, drowned out or shut out. Did you ever discover through that process why you were being small? No, no, not really. Like I mean, I, I could tell you. Like part of it is it, it's safer, um, it's more comfortable. You know, I mean. Pick any number, any number of reasons, but the reasons don't matter. Like that's the thing. Like I think people get hung up on the reasons. It's like therapy, you know. Why do you think your dad smacked you? (laughs) You know, who the hell cares? It happened. Let's just move on. You know, like what did you gain from the experience? Where do you want to go with it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think in that situation that you talked about being small, if if you are bullied because you're small or because you're playing small, that's an eye opener. You know, that's, that's a, that should be a, that should be a a red light and siren going off. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens a lot of times is everybody focuses right away on the bully Mm. 
well, that's wrong. That's, that's horrible that that bully is being that way. It's you poor thing. I, I can't imagine what it was like, or I can't imagine what it was like. Like in my case, I was really severely bullied when I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that I'm many, many years <laughs> away from junior high, I've actually gone to professional events and things like that. I went to my 30 year, oh my God, I went to my 30 year high school reunion and some of the bullies were there. Mm-hmm. Do you think that one of them went up to me and said, you know, Al, we treated you like crap. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like to say sorry. Not one. No, because because that takes a lot of... But not only that, but they didn't even realize, right? They were just kids. They were just being stupid kids. And and they went on with their lives. And they yeah. forgot about, about... I was uneventful in their lives. Yeah. Right? To me... They were a massive event in my life, right? Like I remember every situation that happened to me back then. But now, all these years, I carried all of that bullying and and how they treated me and all the Mm. things that happened to me. I carried that with me for 40 years. Yeah. And they probably thought about it for a year tops, Mm -hmm. maybe not even. Maybe they forgot about it the next day. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I carried it. And I carried it and carried it and carried it. And it motivated me when my when one of, one of my buddies, actually the same friend that I've known since grade three, we saw a martial arts place in a mall that was teaching ninjutsu. And we're like, oh, we got to check this out. I was immersed in it. I was taking ninjutsu. I took it for four years. I got my black belt and I learned how to destroy people in like, like nothing Mm -hmm. i learned how to handle weapons i learned everything and then all of a sudden i became a totally different person because before i was quiet and meek and Mm -hmm. and i was so worried about somebody else doing something to me Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i was this new person it was like yeah bring it Mm -hmm. bring it on i'm gonna take out 40 years or at the time I was much, much younger when I took martial arts, but you know, I, I, I was going to take out years and years and years and years of frustration and bullying on the next guy that tried to pick a fight with me. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, no one ever did Yeah, because I was carrying myself in a different way. I wasn't going out to pick fights. I know some people who take martial arts, they take it upon themselves to go out and pick fights because they want to check out their skills and Mm. you know whatever but but that's also a form of bullying right yeah that's a form of bullying because now they're bigger and stronger than somebody else they're going to go and beat somebody up or whatever but i never did that i was ready for the fight Mm -hmm. if it was going to come now Mm -hmm. right for whatever reason i realized later much much later in life well after i was trained in martial arts and well after i had soft self-confidence and well after I did a whole bunch of public speaking and and a professional career and everything I've sort of started down the road of you know becoming more spiritual and and being more mindful and I look back on it and and it's like yeah I carried that bullying with me throughout my entire life Mm -hmm. and I, I can't even imagine how many times that feeling of being bullied affected me Mm -hmm. but as horrible as bullying is and I don't condone it in any way shape or form I, I i would love to put an end to bullying but 
I do admit I carried that with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't let it go. And so stepping out of your comfort zone is all about taking where you are, dealing with what you have and making yourself better in one way or another, right? Whether it's speaking to somebody of the opposite sex that you like or whether it's getting a job interview or whatever, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, you need to just close your eyes for a second and go, I'm going to do this and then just do it. Don't overthink it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself mm-hmm. Don't talk to yourself at all. Just focus on what you're about to do and just go do it. Yeah. Because guaranteed, no matter what happened, no matter how it turned out, if you ever have to do that thing again, it's going to be that much easier than it was this time. Yeah. So get it over with. And then next time you can do it again. Yeah. And the, and the people that are really confident, I mean, like they, they weren't born that way. They didn't start out that way. I mean, some people have more charisma than others. Some people are more, you know, outgoing than others for sure. But everybody has something that, that they don't feel very confident in doing, or they don't feel very comfortable doing. And, and everybody has to take that leap of faith and get out of the comfort zone. And, and those that don't, um, it's almost like they regress, right? Yeah. Like, you know, your mom for a while was, was, not getting out of the house, not meeting people. She didn't want to interact with anybody. Well, she was suffering from massive depression. And yeah. a lot of people suffer from depression. But the thing is, it like it just it got worse and worse and yeah. worse and worse, right? Mm-hmm. Um she and she and then she was losing her memory and she was not able to speak or articulate very well. So it got worse. And then when she finally started to go out more and interact more, she's like a completely new person. I mean, she was doing things that were outside of her comfort zone, right? Going out places on her own, going out to meet people. But yeah, she's, she's now vibrant and she's um, active and she's alert, Mm -hmm. you know, it's quite an incredible change, but none of that would have happened if she didn't take that chance. Yeah, and you know, she still has trouble articulating sentences and stuff. Yeah, sometimes. She still has memory issues. But what she's done is she's decided, some point in her situation, she decided, well, well, whatever. And she just went. Yeah. And, and she still goes out, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure in every single situation where she loses the words she was trying to say or whatever, I'm sure she still feels frustrated. But maybe it's now the point where she's used to it mm-hmm. and she's kind of like, okay, well. She's giving herself permission yeah. to, to, to be flawed, right? Yeah. Like the thing is at the end of the day, there's nobody that you need to impress. There's nobody that you need to get to love you or accept you other than yourself. Yeah. Because everybody around you is just a reflection of what's going on inside of you. So if you take a look at, you know, the people around you, you might want to ask yourself, what are they trying to show me? Well, not only that, but you, you're in control of who's around you, right? Go on YouTube and find any motivational speaking thing talking about, you know, how you can become the person you want to be. And one of the things they always say is surround yourself with people who are where you want to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you're hanging around with bums, guess what? You're going to be a bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you have, like, if you work with somebody who's very difficult, or if you have a family member who's a challenge to get along with, um, you know, 
you, you might want to try rephrasing it and go, okay, if, if this person was put in my path for a reason, what could that reason possibly be? Yeah, but after you've decided out what that reason is and how you're going to grow from it, mm-hmm. distancing yourself from that person is a good idea. Oh, without a doubt. Like if there's <laughs> if there are toxic people in your in your life, yeah, I I 100% agree. Distance yourself away from them. Um, do not keep engaging with them because life is too short and too precious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just saying that they could be blessings. Yeah, I think we've had a number of conversations on that line where where you look at the most difficult people in your life yeah and instead of focusing on them and how horrible they are yeah turn it around and go what am i needing to learn from this yeah yeah for example i hate confrontation absolutely hate it especially in a work setting but there are times where i do need to advocate for myself and even though I hate it, I dread it, I'd rather not do it, you know, again, I have to go out of my comfort zone and speak up. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, nothing will change. And I become resentful, you know, and the situation gets worse. Yep. But if I get out of my comfort zone and, and actually say something and and speak up, then at least there's a chance that things will get better, yeah. right? Yeah. Or there's some compromise that could happen. Yeah. But all that is is not possible um, if I stay quiet. Exactly. And there's one little piece there that's important to mention in that there's tact. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, there's a, if you're tactful in your professional, especially in a professional environment, if you're, if you're kind and tactful about what you're trying to do, you can get your message across and you can have positive change. If you're just a jerk about it, you're not likely going to get the positive change that you should be. Well, you, you can't demand things, right? Like, I, you know, you and I have talked about this in private before, that there are adults that will have temper tantrums yep. to get what they want. Yep. And it has worked for them, which is why they keep doing it, because yep. people will give in to yep. them, right? And, and I'm of the opinion that you should not give in to them because you're just enabling them. Yep. You know, having a temper tantrum and demanding that someone loves you, pay attention to you, gives you what you want, or, or makes make you feel any specific way is not a healthy way to go through life. No. None of it is real. And, and I really feel bad for those people because clearly there's um, an emotional break in there somewhere that probably happened in early childhood. But, but it's coming from in massive insecurity. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, they clearly don't feel like they're enough to to get what they want, or to even to say, "Look, like I feel I deserve this, mm-hmm. and this is why." Mm-hmm. Can can you meet me halfway? Mm-hmm. You know. Anyways, I can't remember where I was going with that, but <laughs> no worries. Well, I think we're coming up on the end of the show. Anyways, I think we've talked that uh, that one to its to its conclusion. From the perspective of coming out of your comfort zone, really, even if it doesn't go well, positivity will come from it. You be kind and tactful and and professional with everything that you do. Hmm. But the first time is always going to be the most difficult or at least would be the most psychologically difficult to overcome until you've done it a few times and then it becomes just another thing. 
right? And so I think that learning to take a chance, say yes when you really think that you want to say no badly, mm-hmm. just think about what would happen if you said yes to that situation or to that person or to that job offer or whatever. Mm-hmm. No matter how scary it might seem or or um, unlikely that you think you can do it, think about what would happen if you did say yes. Yeah, and 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 what would happen if things turned out well mm-hmm. because you said yes. Yeah, and actually that's a very good point. When I said think about what could happen if you did say yes, I was thinking about the positive side of it, not the negative side. Don't don't talk yourself out of it by thinking about all the horrible things that could happen if you did say yes. Think about what could happen in a positive light if you said yes. So, anywho, I guess that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share and give us a rating on iTunes or the Google Play Store. I think a lot of people who listen to podcasts but don't actually create their own podcasts don't realize how important that rating is. When you're when you want your podcast to show up in the directories and you want people to to learn that it exists and be able to listen to it and share comments and stuff, it doesn't really happen without the audience playing their part. So we would love it if you could please share your comments, share the podcast, let people know we're here. And if you have uh, ideas for or topics for the show, um, we have a pretty good long list of them to go for a while yet. But uh, if you have any topics, let us know and we'd be happy to discuss them. Also, if you have uh, some uh, ideas, like maybe perhaps you want to be on the show as a special guest, um, we're contemplating having some guests on the show as well, uh, depending on what the topic is and who the person is. Um, it could be a really intriguing episode to have uh, have additional people on the show Uh, so anyways the show and all accompanying notes related to each episode can be found at shizdiggity.com s-h-i-z-d-i-g-g-i-t-y.com so please check that out Uh, until next time this is al and ria saying choose happiness thanks guys thanks guys